back at it with another episode of the Rad Podcast. I'm producer Brandon from the Rob Anybody and Dawn Show. And bear with me a little bit. I'm actually a little tired today. Um, I, I, I just started working out with a personal trainer. And I, I did this uh, earlier last year. And everything was working out great. Uh, I started going to a big box gym. Um, and I say big box because they're just one of those behemoth gyms that are grossly overpriced. They're basically like a resort, uh, but they, they're, they're, they're a gym. So they give you all these extra commodities and they give you these fancy pools and really nice equipment. And it's all great. It's all fine and dandy. But if you want to go to a personal trainer at one of those places, it is grossly overpriced there. Um, I couldn't believe how much money I was dumping into a personal trainer for just three months. And it finally got to the point where I just couldn't afford it anymore. So um, the guy that I went to um, actually ended the guy that I saw at that gym was um, a, a great trainer. He did everything that I had was going for. He, he gave me the motivation I needed. He gave me a great workout program. And he also focused a lot on the nutritional side of, of fitness because that goes hand in hand. You, you can't just go into the gym and pump iron and expect to see results. You also have to take care of the, the, the nutritional side of everything. And if you have any experience in a gym or working out or working with the personal trainer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So now I'm doing all the food logs and, and I'm tracking everything that I eat, trying to eat healthier. I am eating healthier. In fact, since I started last week, um, I'm recording this on July 15th. So this will be my first week. I'll be cl- completing, uh, after tomorrow's workout, which will be leg day. Never skip leg day. Uh, but today was shoulders and core. So, uh, he turned me into a toothpaste tube and, uh, let's just say things have been, uh, things have been leaving me since my workout. So, um, I, I've been, uh, thoroughly flushed. Um, you, you know, it's like kind of like one of those rolled up toothpaste tubes you turn you into, you do all those crunches and, and, uh, medicine ball work and you just, everything's got to go. All that healthy food I've been eating, it's gone now. So I'm building up my, uh, my hunger for, uh, dinner and everything. So it's been, it's been really good. In fact, I'm actually going to have my trainer on the podcast as a guest here in the next week or two. I wanted to get things established with him because he's working at a new gym. He's not at the big box gym anymore. And he's at a much more uh, community, I guess you could say community oriented gym. It's only 15 bucks a month to visit this gym, which, you know, the, a lot of these gyms are doing this thing now. Like Planet Fitness is another one where they're, they're, they don't want you to go there to be judged, where you just go there to work out, take care of yourself. And this is another one of those, but it's actually local to the to the Roseville area of uh, of California and they actually have a great workout area it's almost like a it's almost like a crossfit box like they they're I think that's what they call them like crossfit box like you go to the box to work out um they have a big field and everything and they have all the weight systems that you need uh, to make it happen but he is actually uh taking taking on new clients at a very reasonable price in my opinion uh compared to the big box prices i mean i was paying like some ridiculous like twelve hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars a month for three days a week and uh, that was like a 30 minute session every time and you you can't get as much of of the results as you need in that little bit of time depending on what your goals are for me i want to bulk up i want to get some a little bit more mass on me i've weighed the same weight since I graduated high school, like 145, 150, uh, ever since I graduated. 
So I'm now at like 155 because I'm a little fappy. I got a little little love going on in the midsection here. Um, a lot of that has to do with just bad diet, bad choices, and and being sedentary and not being active enough. Um, we also had some fridge issues before our vacation, so it's hard to keep fresh food in the fridge. And uh, DoorDash is very, very easy when it comes to fulfilling those hunger needs. And, you know, when you're eating out all the time, normally eating out is a great thing. But when you're eating out for food, it's uh, it's bad for you. So all that processed food, all that all that uh, junk is, is just bad. So doing all the meal prepping thing now, and, and I'm going to keep it up. I, I have a goal set for six weeks to check in at six weeks, see how I'm doing. If I want to continue doing five days a week. Uh, I'll reevaluate them, but I, I do want to talk about all of this with my trainer. I want to give him an opportunity to get his message out there because he's uh, he's not only a personal trainer, but he's a huge health advocate, and he he's even doing workshops on sugar and carb addictions uh, with his uh, with his significant other, and he's just a great guy. He's fifty years old. But you would never guess that if you ever met him. He is, and he's a he's a spitfire. He's super funny. He's a lot of fun to work out with, and he's also a great guy to just hang out with. Um, so I, I figure he'd be a really interesting person to bring on and maybe talk about what my journey's been like. Uh, we'll do progression videos and photos on on social media so that you guys can all see how things are going. And if you're interested in in joining. Uh, the gym that he works for, and if you have any interest in working at it with a personal trainer who is uh, who can work within your budget, he's the guy for you. Um, I don't want to give too much information out just yet because I, I'm still working on the channels to make sure it's all kosher, you know, legal. <sighs> Got to make sure it's all legal. Got to ask the boss and make sure it's all okay. I'm sure it will be, uh, but I just want to make sure I'm doing everything right by that. So. Um, that's all to come in the next couple of weeks. And last week I, I did, the, we did the, uh, the check-in after our two week vacation in Hawaii. My wife and I went to the big Island for the first week and then we went to Maui the second week. And I got some reaction here from, from a uh, Rhiannon that I wanted to read. It was a very nice letter. Um, she said, Hey rad, I listened to the newest podcast and loved it as usual. My favorite podcasts have always been the ones with Brandon and Haley. You guys have a special bond that radiates through our conversation, through your conversations. You guys have inspired me and taught me in a way about what kind of relationship. Let me try that again. Take two. You guys have inspired me and taught me in a way about what kind of relationship I want to be in. Thank you for that. One of your older podcasts, uh, you guys were discussing the three pillars of a relationship being respect, trust, and communication. At the time, I was in an incredibly toxic relationship that had none of these pillars. I repeated respect, trust, and communication to myself many, many times until I gained the strength to leave. Anyways, thanks for helping a girl out. Also, the Hawaiian fart competition sounded pretty intense. Love you, Rhiannon. Yes, thank you, Rhiannon. That was, uh, the fart competition was pretty intense, but I think the, the best thing that came out of that was... We ended up laughing for like 10 minutes straight after that, like laughing to the point of, of tears. And if you listen to last week's episode, uh, I made Mrs. Brandon cry nearly of, of laughter just by talking about it. And, uh, you know, we were talking about how we like to uh, get pretty down dirty and, and, and be honest about what we do and in, in our relationship, you know, as far as our uh, just the way we are and how we function, but also our extracurricular activities and everything. And, and, and we were talking about how it's just normal now. We, we, we broadcast to tens of thousands, maybe millions of people. And I'm, I'm telling all these stories and it's just so easy and, and easy to flow 
when we're just open and honest about the things that we're, we're dealing with in life, because people just resonate. It just resonates with people who are just normal because that's all we are. We're just normal people, not even celebrities really, but it does feel like that sometimes when I just go out of my house and I get noticed by whoever. And like just last week I went to, I opened the door to, uh, to find out that the pest guy that I've got now is a huge fan of the show. Now, all these people that are, that are servicing my house, lucky house are, uh, are, are all listeners. Now they know where I live and they can all stalk me, but you know, I, I trust that they're all, they're, they're all going to be cool and, and not deal with that. But that's why I should probably get set up with the camera guys. Maybe get a little security system set up in my house. I don't know. I'll look into that. But, uh, also last week we, we, I, I kind of, uh, put a little feeler out there to, um, probe anybody, giggity, who might be an Amazon employee, uh, based on the uh, the reaction that I had after watching the latest episode of John Oliver's Last Week Tonight on HBO, he covered the conditions that uh, that the, 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 the workers are experiencing in the warehouses for for Amazon, not just Amazon, but these logistics companies that deal with uh, with a lot of this that that type of work in warehouses and how just miserable. The working conditions could be there's no AC, uh, bear maze can get popped by a machine and and spread throughout the the, the company and or the building and uh, inhibit the the ability for people to work, um, and just the fact that the the hours and the amount of work that that people do in those hours is just grueling. Um, so because of that prompt, um, this all kind of works out perfectly because Prime Day is is going on now. And, uh, you know, Prime Day is basically that Black Friday deal for Amazon Prime or Amazon Prime users uh, to get the best deals they can. Uh, you know, Black Friday is in November usually, but this this thing happens every July. So it, it's going on now. And I thought that it would be kind of interesting to dive in a little bit deeper. If you haven't seen the episode of uh, John Oliver's Last Week Tonight, where he covers warehouses and warehouse workers, uh, it's very compelling and uh, very interesting uh, but I, I do have somebody who wrote in an anonymously to kind of to, to give the rundown of, of what people go through on a day-to-day basis and how grueling it could be. Um, but first, before I get into that, Area 51. People are getting ready to storm Area 51. Now, when I first saw this, I thought, this has got to be a joke. This has got to be some one of those things where uh, people will just start an event. <clears throat> Excuse me. On Facebook, where they're 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 prompting people to do mundane or stupid things to, to just gather people around, and normally they're they're hoaxes, they're they're just pranks or jokes or just something funny to do on social media. The, the, the most recent example I can think of is when the fi- the Butte fire was taking place late last year. A group in UC Davis posted an event to throw rocks at the smoke in the air to get rid of it. Uh, obviously throwing rocks in the air at, at billowing clouds of smoke from a wildfire is not going to do anything. Uh, but it was a legitimate quote unquote event that was made on social media and tens of thousands of people joined saying they were going to go. I don't, I don't know or remember exactly what happened, but or what, how that turned out. If anybody actually did end up going to this rock throwing uh, event, but uh, I, that, that was my initial reaction is to this whole thing and, and that this was going to be just another 
hoax of some people that just wanted to uh, know, raise hell and, and go see what's going on in Area 51. And I think a lot of this spurned off of uh, one of the most recent episodes of the Joe Rogan podcast um, when he had Bob Lazar on. And if you're not familiar with Bob Lazar, he just had a, uh, a documentary on Netflix just released. It, it was actually released earlier last year. It was available on like Amazon Prime and everything. And I, and I watched it. I, I watched it last year. And then it just recently was released again on Netflix for all of the, those users. And it's called Bob Lazar, Area 51, and Flying Saucers. Bob Lazar is L-A-Z-A-R. If you're interested in checking it out. My initial reaction to the, the documentary was, this is boring. It is a extremely long-winded documentary where they skirt around things that Bob Lazar may or may not have experienced in area 51, more specifically, um, another air base called S four, which is located sev several kilometers South of area 51, um, groom Lake operating location. So he was, uh, uh, allegedly brought in, brought in because he's a physicist and he was brought in to reverse engineer uh, purported extraterrestrial technology. So he had he had actually been working on specifically the propulsion systems and how it used gravity in order to power these crafts. Um, so he's he's got a very interesting story and background, um, but the the documentary itself tends to just. They tends to be a few different characters, including the filmmaker, Bob Lazar, and a radio DJ, or I'm sorry, a news anchor from Las Vegas, who covered the story when Bob Lazar went loud uh, back in the 60s. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, the 70s. 70s or 80s, I, I believe, is when this, when everything kind of unearthed itself. And it just wasn't very compelling Although there were little nuggets in there that made you go, oh, oh, maybe, maybe there's some secret technology that the government is holding back. And, and they give a little bit of evidence about these scanners that they used to read the bone fragments in your hand in order, like, you know how in secure buildings you need like a key card or a code or, you know, in, in these fancier uh, secure places you have to do like a retina scan or a fingerprint to get into the door in these particular sites you would have to put your hand on this uh basically a podium and it would actually read the bone fragments in your hand because each person's hand or the bones in your hand rather are all unique so that was their way of of of, of accessing these secret areas of these bases and that was one thing that I took away that I thought was pretty interesting. And, and Bob Lazar was presented with images that had just recently surfaced over the years. And he's like, wow, that, that's actually the thing that I was talking about back in the day. But there was never any pictures of it. But here's the picture now. And, you know, you got to take a lot of these stories and uh, conspiracy theories with a grain of salt. Because a lot of the times they could be people just looking for attention. But it did open my mind up to a little bit. Of, of stuff of, of this a potential of alien technology and how much the government knows now I, i'm gonna say that yeah of course the government knows that aliens exist they're holding it back 
They're holding back all this information. They may or may not be using technology that they have recovered from aliens over time, but we will never know for sure until the aliens come to our door and 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 make themselves known to the general public. But why they haven't done that now, I don't know. I wish they would because I would love that evidence just to be plain and simple right there. But, uh, you know, the government's in cahoots. There's the... There's the uh, the chemtrails that are controlling our minds. There's the fluoride in the water that's controlling our minds. And there's the government that's controlling our minds with uh, the subliminal messages and the broadcasts. And our, the veil is uh, present. So we can't see what's really going on. I'll throw all that out there just because I can. But we'll never know until we, never, until we know. Um, but Bob Lazar himself has actually commented and uh, said that, that that storming Area 51, this whole event that's been made on social media, is a bad idea. Uh, I, mean, I know that may come to a surprise to some people who, who might be thinking about storming a government uh, uh, base, military base, particularly one that uh, that's used for testing. So this is actually uh, reposted from Joe Rogan on uh, uh, from his uh, Bob Lazar's Twitter page. It says, I have to comment on the storm area 51 thing. I do not understand. It was started as a joke. I do understand it was started as a joke by someone, but there are a number of people who are actually planning on showing up. This is a misguided idea. Area 51 is a classified research base. There are no aliens or alien technology located there. The only place there was ever any alien technology was at site S4 south of Area 51 proper. That was 30 years ago. S4 may have moved decades ago, or it's possible it's no longer being used for the project. I do not support this movement. The last time someone tried to get into Area 51, he was shot. This is not the way to go about trying to get get more information. What is good is the interest in the subject, the science and the technology. That's what would immediately change the world we live in. So Bob Lazar is still, you know, standing back on, he believes that the, the public should know what was happening there. And I agree, if, if it was all happening there, we should know about it. Uh, but it's a bad idea to storm a military base. Um, in fact, the Air Force has released uh, a statement saying that, that it's just not a good idea. You, do, you don't want to do this. Um, more than 400,000 people have joined a Facebook event page calling to storming Area 51 with many more indicating interest. The proposed event is scheduled for September 20th. So we got a couple of months here to, uh, to, to tell them to man down or they'll be uh, gathering in droves and, and going in there. But uh, the, the article goes on to say, we will all meet up at the Area 51 Alien Center tourist attraction and coordinate our entry. The event description reads, if we Naruto run, what is Naruto? What does that mean? Let me see the Google cave. What is it? Ruto run. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's just a way of describing a way to run. It's it's uh, I guess it was made popular by a character, an anime character. It was where you go, you, you lean into your run, and you kind of put your arms back like you've got wings, and you just run head first into wherever you're going. So the description reads, if we Naruto run, we can move faster than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. No, you can't run faster than bullets, you idiots. Uh, oh, if I just read the rest of the article, it would have described what Naruto run is. 
Naruto Run refers to the unique running style of the protagonist Naruto Uzumaki in a Japanese anime series, Naruto, where he is often depicted sprinting with his hands behind him to decrease wind resistance. Uh, the Washington Post on Friday asked how officials will deal with anyone showing up for the event, and the Air Force spokesperson, spokeswoman Laura McAndrews declined to elaborate on specific details of the military's plans. However, she did issue a warning. Area 51 is an open training range for the U.S. Air Force, and we would discourage anyone from trying to come into the area where we train American armed forces, McAndrews said. The U.S. Air Force always stands ready to protect America and its assets, which means they will shoot you down if you fucking try to block it. They try to, <laughs> to Naruto run into this fucking base. God, it's just, people are stupid sometimes, man. And apparently somebody got shot earlier uh, this year, trying to get to the base. So if anybody hasn't learned anything, they're, they're not going to learn it now. Um, a mysterious and unexplained security breach the Nevada National Security Site, NSS, turned uh, deadly this week. This uh, this week that it happened in January. Um, according to a press release issued at 5.18 p.m. local time on January 28th, an unidentified male sped through a security checkpoint at the entrance to the site. Both the Nye County Sheriff's Office and the NNSS Security Protective Serv uh, Force officers pursued the man in what became a high-speed chase, which lasted eight miles. Eventually, the man came to a stop and exited his vehicle. That's when things got weird and dangerous. According to the NNSS, the man got out of his car and began approaching security officials carrying an unknown cylindrical object. The man did not respond to officers' verbal commands to stop, forcing security personnel to open fire. The man was pronounced dead at the scene, and no officers were harmed. The Las Vegas Review-Journal says the FBI is investigating the incident, and the Nevada National Security Site, formerly known as the Nevada Test Site, is home to the U.S. military's underground nuclear testing program, weapons development programs, and many nuclear research projects. The infamous Area 51 is a remote detachment of the NSS, found just an hour to the east of the main site. I'm sure you're wondering the, th the same thing that, uh, that I am. What exactly was the cylindrical object the man was holding when he got out of his car? What would someone want to smuggle into the secretive research facility? The vague way the object was has been described in both the press statement and news reports is rather curious. Was this an attempt to sabotage? A foreign intelligent operation gone wrong? Or did the man take a wrong turn fleeing Area 51 with some type of exotic alien material? We will never know because the government will keep it hush-hush. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 there's no real reason to go storming Area 51. And I was going to read another story about somebody who actually ended up accidentally going into the zone of Area 51, flying some sort of glider in there, but it's not as uh, compelling as some random dude with a cylindrical object fleeing from the cops only to be shot down. A uh, tragic story, but you know, it happens. The Minnesota Amazon workers are on strike on prime day. You know, prime day is going on right now and, and uh, they're, they're all on strike because the working conditions are just too stressful for them. With more than 1 million items expected to be included in the sale, Amazon prime day has turned into a national event it's a big day for shoppers to score some deals, but while people are filling up their online carts, a group of Minnesota Amazon workers will go on strike. From 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., a group of workers will rally outside the Amazon Fulfillment Center in Shakopee, 
to demand better working conditions. The A. Wood Center, which is located in Minneapolis and works to empower East African workers, says the group has been organizing for 18 months. They say the employees want their jobs to be safe and more reliable, and they want to be better respected in the workplace. This is not the first time the Shikopi Amazon employees have rallied. In December 2018, a group picketed because they called the working conditions inhumane. In May of this year, three workers filed a discrimination complaint saying they were denied promotions and training that went to white workers and were assigned more difficult tasks. At Monday's rally, the Shikopi employees choosing to strike will be joined by a group of Amazon employees from Seattle who will demand the company take action on climate change. So not only are the working conditions awful, but they want Amazon to fix global warming as well. Amazon sent the following statement. The fact is Amazon offers already what this outside organization is asking for. We provide great employment opportunities with excellent pay, ranging from $16.25 to $20.80 an hour, and comprehensive benefits including health care, up to 20 weeks parental leave, that's a lot. Paid education, promotional opportunities, and more. We encourage anyone to compare our pay, benefits, and workplace to other retailers and major employers in the Shakopee community and across the country. And we invite anyone to see for themselves by taking a tour of the facility. And that's something I would actually like to do. I would love to see how the inner workings are, uh, how it all goes down at the uh, Amazon fulfillment centers, these warehouses. Uh, but I actually don't need to today because I actually have an anonymous uh, submission here from somebody who uh, took took my uh, solicitation to uh, write in and let us know what the working conditions are actually like in an Amazon uh, warehouse. So the anonymous writer, uh, obviously, is probably under an NDA contract. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to leave out names specifically the the uh, the letter writer, but also like names of locations. If, if, they, if it's mentioned where this warehouse is located, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to bring that up because I don't want anybody getting in trouble, but uh, just, just, just so you can get an inside look, we're going to take a journey now on what it's like in a warehouse for Amazon. I am writing to you anonymously in response to the recent podcast about Brandon and Mrs. Brandon's vacation recap as a former Amazon associate to one of its local f fulfillment centers. I wanted to inform you that, yes, John Oliver, watch that clip right before writing, is correct. I was employed at the Fulfillment Center in blank, which is only a distribution center for area deliveries. The Fulfillment Center by the airport is larger and has the machines and packs the boxes. On a seven-hour shift, Fitbit told me I walked about 10 miles. We have five separate mods. Each mod has 30 to 45 aisles. Each aisle encompasses two rows and each row have 18 to 21 sections. Obviously we have a breakdown of direction, city, district, then neighborhood. Our jobs were to unload the 18 wheeler load packed with packages, scan them to find which mod they go to or dock, uh, direct the packages to one of three conveyor belts to, to correct mods and the other side of the conveyor belts, we have one person grabbing uh, packages from the moving conveyor belt to one of the two aisles they are assigned to, or stage, while another person takes the packages from the beginning of the row to the corresponding aisle and section. That's where they sort them. 
Many times sorters need, let me see there. Uh, yeah. Many times sorters need to be somewhat packing savvy because we would get a good mixture of boxes and envelope sizes and weights. And at the beginning of your, your aisle gets piled up with packages. The ambassadors who are in charge of a mod yell at you and embarrass you until they get a floaters, which is actually assigned to the mod to finally help you. So floaters, I imagine are like the assistants that help you uh, get things done. Afterwards, uh, pickers take a section of boxes and bags and organize it for the drivers, which could either be employed by Amazon or Amazon Flex drivers. A lot are Uber and Lyft drivers already. Those are those vehicles that you see dropping off your Amazon packages that aren't, uh, you know, the major delivery services or just somebody's random car. You see a lot of these during the holidays. Uh, afterwards, pickers take a section of boxes and bags and organize it. Blah, 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 blah. Some of the um, Amazon vans are parked outside, which means rain, shine, wind, and worse, exhaust. We have a meeting at the beginning of every shift, which was more of a lecture than an encouraging word, which they say it is, about the latest safety violations of what should have happened. Not five minutes after, they tell you the numbers for that shift and how we should be done before a certain time. So we can all go on break, and sometimes we'll be lucky enough for a $10 Starbucks gift card for the person with the largest number. Hypocritical much? It's a good job if you want to get paid to work out. I left because I was done being exhausted for the rest of the day and even on my days off. That's where the anonymous letter ends there. And it, it basically reaffirms uh, what the uh, John Oliver was covering in his episode of last week tonight on HBO, that it's just a lot of work. It's a lot of walking. It's and and the the fact that the staff uh, feels like they're being berated by their managers and they're they're being uh, uh, insulted and uh, talked down to. I imagine that uh, these people wouldn't do very well in the military either. Um, you know, there's 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 a time and a place for there to be at a work place and 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 kind of be encouraged and if not be coaxed to doing a, a, a better job or a harder job um better faster um harder stronger it's just my opinion if you're going to work at a job like amazon or in, in a warehouse you have to expect to do what you need to do in order to perform at the level they want you to uh this is just a, a migration of, of workers from the retail era you know, all these mall stores, all these uh, the, 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 all these seasonal workers that go to into retail, they're all moving into these warehouses because that's where all the jobs are going. There, there's not enough money in these brick and mortar places anymore because everybody's using Amazon. I'm guilty. I use Amazon all the time. I use Prime. I expect things to get to my house in two days. And when I, it doesn't get there in the in the either same day or two day period, I'm upset. And I think that's because Amazon has trained us to expect these packages to get here in a timely fashion. And if not right now, because we are in a right now type of society. Um, so I, I can I can sympathize for the workers that feel like they're being overworked. And, you know, like the, the anonymous letter writer, she got out or he got out when uh, they just felt like they were being exhausted. And for the rest of the day and even on their days off, that is understandable. But in this day and age in the world we live in are the working conditions really that bad or are people being a little soft? And I, I would say 
there might be a little bit of softness going on because people want to work the amount they feel like they should work in order to get what they feel like they deserve. But what people don't understand is that, that you, you need more responsibility in order to get more freedom. You need more responsibility. You need to be more proactive about your place in life in order to receive what you want. Does that make sense? I'm trying to just talk this through here. I mean, I work really hard for the job that I do. I'm very fortunate to do something that I love. I would not give this up for the world. Um, you know, what, what happens next after this show or after this broadcast, I have no idea. I, I honestly have no backup plan. But what I do know is I will work to the bone at the job that I love to do. Now, an Amazon warehouse job might not be a, a lavish job, but what it sounds like is it actually is a, is a very rewarding job if you keep it up and you keep doing what you're doing. Now, there's there's other people, there's a book that was just uh, written recently. It kind of goes more in depth about uh, uh, the working conditions and how America works. Um, it's, it's called On the Clock, What Low Wage Work Did to Me and How It Drives America Insane. The book is by Emily Gundelsberger. If you just search for On the Clock for the book, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, but she, she goes on to say how America works, and she gives this breakdown of, of, of all these statistics. She says 80% of U.S. workers feel stressed on the job. 46% claim their stress is caused by workload. 75% believe there's more job stress than a generation ago. Uh, I mean, how do you know that? How can you tell that unless you were alive and working a generation ago? Unless you're a multi-generational person who's still working these types of wage jobs. You know, I, I, I guess I'm, I'm speaking through these things from my own prism. And that's my, probably not fair because I've, I've worked to a point where I need I, I, I can be a little bit comfortable, but I'm always on edge still. Like I'm always thinking there's always going to be somebody that's going to take my job. So I try to fight harder. I try to push harder and, and be better than I was yesterday um, to, to secure that, that job security and to be a little stable. Um, so when you, when you're constantly feeling down and you're not doing anything to make it better, then you're letting, you're letting those outside forces win. And I feel like, you take the power back and you, you, you be more proactive in your own beliefs and what you want to do and where you want to be in life. Those, those rewards will come to you. And you also have to put in that, that extra work. And that's why, you know, you, you complain about people are complaining about their workload and they claim that the stress is caused by that. Then you, you maybe do something better about your time management. Now, when you're working in a warehouse job and you're working 10 to 12 hours a day and it's, you know, you work, we're walking 10 miles during a seven hour shift, then you, you might want to reevaluate where you're going. Now, I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this. Um, I'm not trying to knock on people who feel like their working conditions are less than, uh, less than stellar, but I also believe that you got to work harder to make it further in life. It's not always going to be easy. Life isn't easy. Working isn't easy. Uh, Finding your place and where you belong isn't easy. So it just, it just depends on how much work you want to put in. And you can easily find other jobs that 
won't pay as much. You won't work as hard, but Hey, will, will, you, will that make you happy? Will you have more time with your family? Will you have, will you be able to get the benefits that you need? Cause you know, Amazon sounds like a pretty cush place to work in my opinion, but it's all up to you and how you want to live your life. So I thought that was interesting. Thank you very much to the anonymous writer uh, for giving us a little insight and confirming that what John Oliver was reporting on about the Amazon warehouses is in fact true. Um, but I don't know if everybody feels that way. I feel like a lot of Amazon workers might feel lucky to be in the positions that they're in. Now, nobody deserves to be treated like crap or talked down to. Um, but th that it's just, it comes to the company policy and, and if, if something works, then why change it? I, I would love to take a, a tour of one of these facilities and see how everything works and maybe talk to a manager too and, and see what their, their styles are like. And if they're running a ship, like it's a, uh, like it's a military type of operation where they feel like being, a, being a little loud and maybe coercing people into working harder. That's great. Um, that's their, that's their model and that's what works for them. Not everybody's cut out for that type of, of management style. So it all depends on, on, on where you're at and how things work. So, um, thank you very much for sharing that story and don't go rushing in to crash area 51. Cause you're going to get shot. The air force is already going to put their sights on you and you're going to get shot. Don't do it. Um, and I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm going to keep an eye on, on the, the progression of this to see where, where things land. And if they actually have some plans to put up barriers around area 51, I imagine there's probably going to be a big group of people that'll show up at that place, but I doubt they'll go anywhere. It'll be interesting to see what happens on the news. If, uh, if people actually show up and, and what happens next. So uh, that's going to do it for me for this week's episode of the rad podcast. If you have any thoughts or questions or concerns, or you want to yell at me for whatever I said, feel free to email us rad at radradio.com or join us up on Facebook. We've got the rad podcast group. It's open for everybody. If you want to join up, it's a closed group. So don't want any jerks or assholes on there being a dick. Um, so I will monitor that, but it's all good and fun. Very open-minded place. If you disagree, that's great, but just don't be a dick. Uh, I've had to ban somebody recently because they were just being an asshole. And, you know, if that ever happens and people makes people uncomfortable, I'm going to knock them out of there because the closed Facebook group for the Rad Podcast is supposed to be fun for everybody. And if you have something that you want to get off your chest or you need some advice about anything from sexuality to life in general to animals, we will all come together to try to give you the best advice possible without bringing you down because nobody needs that in our life. There's enough negativity out there. We don't need any of that. So until next week, have a good time. Namaste, bitches. The Rad Broadcast. The Rad Broadcast. The Rad Broadcast.